0: Welcome to the Masonic Resurgence Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kultko-Rivera, and I'm here to talk about how to bring about the Masonic Resurgence. Today's episode, number two asks the question, why should we save Freemasonry? In my last episode, I pointed out that American Masonry is experiencing a serious membership crisis that calls the fraternity's very survival into question. In the United States, we have declined in membership by about 73% from 1959 to 2018. That's just grim. In this episode, I'd like to point out a couple of attitudes that we need to change in the fraternity in order to lay the foundation for turning things around. This is a job for every one of us, from the rank-and-file Joe Mason, to the lodge officers, to the district deputy, and I dare say to the most worshipful Grand Master himself. Here's an attitude that I've noticed here and there in the Comments that people make on Facebook discussion groups and in person as I've traveled around to different lodges to speak. It's the attitude that maybe Freemasonry is no longer relevant for today's man. According to this style of thinking, the decline of Freemasonry is the perfectly natural consequence of today's man being interested in different things than men were a century ago and more. Heck, the technology is certainly different. The world is different in so many ways. Life itself is different. So, of course, tastes will change. In this reality, the decline of Freemasonry is like the closing of blockbuster video stores or the way that so many people don't have landline telephones anymore. So what do I think of it all? Balderdash. Meretricious, fashionable Balderdash. And here's why. Underneath all the high-tech toys and social currents, there have always been a few enduring concerns that most men have had for centuries, for millennia, probably since the dawn of recorded history and before. Sure, one of them is how to connect up with women, but I'm not talking about that one today. I'm going to focus on two other issues. The first is fundamental, even primal. What does it mean to be a man? The second is closely related. How can we be better men? 3,800 years ago, the epic of Gilgamesh provided a model of manhood in the courageous figure of Gilgamesh who braved many dangers to try to bring his friend back to life. 3,000 years ago, as King David neared the end of his life, he told his son, I go the way of all the earth, be thou strong, and show thyself a man." Those ancient works of literature The Iliad and the Odyssey Composed about 28 centuries ago Provided models for manhood For the culture of their time Such as the great-hearted Odysseus Now, do models of masculinity differ In different eras and different cultures? Of course they do Same as models of femininity Is there a dark side? To any given model of masculinity Of course there is The same way that there's a dark side To any given model of femininity But that's beside the point My point is that men have been interested In models of masculinity And in how to be better men For a very long time indeed And that curiosity has not died out now By any means Yes, what it means to be a man, a good man, is in flux. Gender roles are up for grabs, but men are still trying to find the essence of manhood, and you see this in the literature of the modern men's movement. There is a strain of the modern men's movement that I find a lot to admire in. I'm thinking of a book by Jack Donovan titled The Way of Men, He writes about what he calls the tactical virtues, the virtues that helped keep men alive from the time that men were hunting prehistoric mastodons all through the wars that men have been required to fight right up to the present day. And what are those tactical virtues? He lists them as strength, courage, mastery, and honor. And he specifically points out that men kept themselves alive by forming what he calls a gang. But what he calls a gang, he describes in a way that could just as easily be called a brotherhood, even a fraternity. Donovan's book is rather popular in some sectors of the men's movement, even though it looks to be essentially self-published and is about seven years old. As I write these words, it ranks number 14 on Amazon in books about men's gender studies. It ranks about 7,300 on Amazon against all books, which is a phenomenal ranking if you consider the gazillions of books that Amazon sells. Hmm. A book on men grouped into a brotherhood built around strength, courage, mastery, and honor. Is anything starting to sound familiar to you here? I'll be blunt about this. I think that today's man is hungry to learn about models for manhood, and Freemasonry provides an excellent model of manhood for today's man. Think of just some of the basics here. The three chief tenets of our profession, the four cardinal virtues, the lessons of the working tools, the focus on lifelong learning in the middle chamber lecture, the metaphor of the journey of the initiate from apprentice through journeyman to master. Oh, we've got strength, courage, mastery, and honor covered here, and much more besides. No, folks, it's not that men's interests have changed all that much— On the fundamental things It's not that men are not interested In what Freemasonry has to offer It's that they have no bloody idea What Freemasonry is about to begin with Yes, that's true, brothers For the most part, today's American man Either knows nothing about Freemasonry at all Or he thinks that Masonry is a tool of the Illuminati Reptilian, demonic overlords Bent on enslaving humanity You can't make this up. In a future episode, I'll go over the facts and figures about this. But you know what? You know why today's American man is so ignorant and misinformed about masonry? It's our bad, folks, and we need to own that all together. We can change that, and in future episodes, I shall explain exactly how we can change that. But in the meantime, don't give me any bosh about how masonry is supposedly out of touch with the interests of today's man. Masonry is more relevant to men today than it has ever been. There's another attitude that I'd like to take issue with, an attitude that is surprisingly widespread. But before I do that, I'd like to share a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by my book, The Resurgence of Freemasonry. Why masonry must not just survive, but thrive, and how masons and their lodges can make that happen. In this book, I describe the Freemasonry that we could build, why masonry could resurge, Why Freemasonry is in a membership crisis, and especially what we can do to turn this situation around and make Freemasonry the best and strongest fraternity it has ever been. The Resurgence of Freemasonry by Mark Kultko Rivera, available right now on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. See the link in the description. But we're not done yet with this episode. As I said, there's another attitude that I'd like to take issue with, an attitude that is getting in the way of us rebuilding the fraternity. Perhaps you've heard of it. We need to have fewer Masons different people phrase it differently, but the idea is always the same. We have too many mediocre masons and it would be better all around for the fraternity if they left, demitted, NPD'd, or simply died, and then everybody else, the real committed ones, could really fly. It almost sounds like it makes sense, doesn't it? If it's phrased just right. There's just one little problem, though. It is all rot from beginning to end. It is all based on a fallacy, a logical gap so big you could drive a truck through it. Let's go over this. It is true that one of the reasons that masonry is declining is because we have an unacceptably high number of demits and dismissals for non-payment of dues or NPDs. The crowd that says we ought to have fewer Masons. Now, they seem to be under the impression that the brothers who leave are the people less interested in Masonry, the people who we're, we're better off without. But that's not what my research tells me. I've looked at the comments people leave on discussion forums. I've listened to what people have said to me personally. And I come away with a very different picture of the people who demit and NPD from masonry. Yes, there are some who really weren't interested in what Freemasonry was actually about to begin with They thought they would get a gold bar or learn who killed the Kennedys And when they found out that we weren't like the stonecutters in The Simpsons, after all, they left And we really are better off without that sort, I agree But there are other reasons why people leave as well Reasons that we should be concerned about The biggest reason that we should be concerned about is when men leave because they are not receiving what they should be getting from their lodges. Things like instruction in the meaning of our symbolism, learning about Masonic philosophy, learning how to apply that philosophy and the lessons of our symbolism to daily life, to the challenges of being a better man in the 21st century. Guess what? This is all our bad too. We should make learning these subjects the center of our Masonic meetings, when we don't, when we implicitly promise people in our initiations that they will learn the mysteries and then deliver business meetings with all the spiritual content of a phone bill. Yes, a lot of people will get up and leave, and I certainly can't blame them. This, too, is something that we can do something about. In future episodes of this podcast, I'll describe exactly what we can do to deliver On what we implicitly promise to our candidates But no one tell me anymore That we're better off with fewer Freemasons I don't think that the brothers who say this realize it But this idea is just a self-serving way To try to get off the hook For failing so many of the men whom we initiate That's our fault That's our shame And we can and should change it as I'll explain in future episodes, masonry has a mission. Part of that mission is building society. And when it comes to that effort, the more qualified men we have, the better. Perhaps you have questions or comments about this episode. Maybe you have topics you want to hear me talk about. Maybe you just hate what I say. I'd love to hear it all. Send an email to Resurgence. At Yahoo.com, I look forward to seeing what you have to tell me. If you like this kind of content, do subscribe, like, and share. In my next episode, I'll talk about the kind of Freemason that we should be building, the Freemasonry that is worth building up. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out some other things I am doing for the fraternity on my website, www.fremasonry.com lodgeconsulting.com. I release new episodes weekly on Tuesdays. My episodes usually run 12 to 20 minutes, so you can listen on the road, on the treadmill, or during lunch without really cutting into your day. My podcast is, or will soon be available, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, and on Alexa devices through either the AnyPod or TuneIn apps. That wraps it up for this episode of the Masonic Resurgence podcast. Travel well, my brothers. Remember, together we can do this.